0: So um, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3, and we're just continuing on in the uh, Acts narrative that we began a couple uh, couple months ago. Uh, so again, just catching up, right, to what? where are we? Where are we in redemptive history right now, right? So God had called this nation of Israel um, through Moses, David. So for a thousand years, this nation of Israel, that's the whole Old Testament from creation to... All the way to the time of Christ is um, God um, bringing forth his forever plan of salvation through the offspring of Abraham and through the line of David. All pointing to this man, Jesus Christ, who would be the, the fulfillment of all God's promises to his people, the, the hope and salvation through faith that all who believe in him uh, and trusting in him shall receive eternal life and have, and have, and have uh, be born again as in as a new creation in him and so uh so this jesus was born right in uh 2000 years ago that's what we're celebrating this christmas he he fulfilled his earthly ministry he fulfilled uh the righteousness of, of the law he um he he went to the cross died and rose and why did he do that why did jesus do all of that like why did like why do we celebrate jesus coming and dying for what well, Jesus died to purchase a church. Jesus died to redeem a people to himself. Jesus came to create an eternal family, an eternal people to himself. That's what the church is, the, the family of God, the, the bride of Christ, the flock for which the good shepherd laid down his life and died. So now Jesus had fulfilled his 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 work his his work of salvation for the church, now um, now uh, Jesus had uh, risen, he ascended to heaven, and now is the work of building that church by sending his spirit. So in Acts, uh, so in Acts we saw Jesus descend to heaven and the apostles come together. In Acts one, in Acts two, where we were these past weeks, we saw the um, in in the on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit. Uh, come down upon the ch- the the church as this little group of believers, this little group of poor uh, of uh, Galileans, uh, just praying in a room, and boom, they went out. Uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they went on and preached the name of Christ. And all of these um, uh, all of these exo- all of these Jews living abroad of all different uh, languages heard their um, their language uh, spoken and preached in and they all believed and so now there's this nucleus of this church church here and so now uh, we, we're going to see the continuation of that church build, the continuation of, uh, what, of what Jesus' plan for the church is to start in Jerusalem and as the gospel goes out, as the gospel goes forward to, um, to, uh, to start you know, at, at the center point and then move out to Judea, to Samaria, and then to the ends of the world, and um, all the way to where we are now. The whole reason that we are here today, of all different tribes, tongues, people groups, languages, cultures, right, is because of what uh, Jesus got the ball ro- uh, started rolling here in Acts. And so, this is the the nebulous of the church that we are looking at. And so, we're going to be in Acts chapter three. We're going to be uh, starting. Uh, We're going to be at Acts chapter 3, verses uh, 1 through 11. And let's see. I know Chris usually has somebody read. Tate, come up here. Want to read for us? All right. Hey, Tate. Come on, Tate. All right. I didn't pick somebody. All right, brother. Read uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Amen. Right on. Thank you, Dave. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, right on. Thank you. Let's go ahead and first pray for the Lord to bless us in our time tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word given to us. The the promise God made more sure, more fully confirmed, uh, Lord, um, than even uh, Father Miracles or apostolic preaching, Lord, we have the word of God here confirmed and given to us and entrusted, Lord, uh, to us um, by our Savior. And we pray, Lord God, that as we uh, dig in tonight, that Father, we would truly uh, see and and marvel, Lord, at at your redemptive work, that Father, we would recognize, Lord, that we are, um, Lord, just wretched and that we are in need, Lord, of your salvation every day and just in, in need of your grace. And we pray, Father God, that um, your spirit would just lead us in wisdom, lead us in uh, growth in you, just cultivate in our hearts, Lord, just uh, um, good seed, good fertile soil, Lord, that the, the, the seed, Lord, may just uh, be buried deep and bear fruit uh, within us, fruit of love, fruit of Christ-likeness, fruit of holiness, and maturity and and worship to you. So, Father God, whatever we uh, came in here tonight, Lord, we pray, Father, that we would know the power of your grace, the power of your spirit, Lord, reviving us, lifting us up, Lord. And so, whatever we might be struggling with, whatever we uh, might be contending with you about, Father, may we submit ourselves to you and let your word minister to us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so as Pastor Chris uh, starts, and I love that he does this, um, go ahead and just kind of look into the passage and uh, look at anything that kind of stands out or sticks out to you. Anything that kind of is interest or confusing. Megan? Mm hmm. right yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah absolutely and isn't that just true of our whole walk in faith right is us a lot of times kind of expecting something that we want in a material sense right something that we're so used to seeking in you know in, in terms of oh I want this or I need this or if I don't have this, well, how can I survive? But then, in a lot of times, right? God showing you, I am, <laughs> I am all sufficient. I am the the provider. I am what you need. And in God, in Himself, providing uh, spiritual uh, sustenance, spiritual provision, and um, and of course, uh, providentially, he, he will provide all more material things. And so, it's uh, I think that's intentional. That yeah, this man, his whole life has spent his whole uh, all of his days, just coping, just for a little taste of, you know, alms of handouts, and and it almost sense. There's a sense of, wait, what? No, you know, the why? You know, this is this is what I need. And, and but to put his 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 perspectives and um, uh, heart above to look up to, uh, to to look for something greater, right? Is, is really what um, this this uh, passage captures. So. Anything else? Or, Gabe? Like, um, in 7 and 8, it talks about like, he instantly felt better and he jumped to his feet. It wasn't like a slow process. He was yeah. Like, stand up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, night and day, like, you know, just like zero to 60. And it wasn't like as progressive process. I mean, it happened so fast. You could not deny that this was a miraculous event. It's not as if you know, I mean, if it did happen in some kind of progressive way, you could kind of say like, oh, yeah, you know, he started doing this, you know, uh, what's it called therapy? Yeah, yeah, like me, I'm supposed to be doing therapy every day for my shoulder. And like, I, I, I never do it well enough. And so I'm still stuck. But you know, it's supposed to be, you know, get my shoulder back in shape. And it's still, you know, frozen, because it's not I'm not doing the right thing, you know, but Imagine this guy was, you know, if 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 there was some kind of progression, you could attribute it to something else. But the way it happened, the instantaneousness of the of uh, of his uh, of his of his healing was just like this has to be God. There is no (laughs) other explanation. So that's meant to be intentional. The and not just the instantaneous, but he went from lame to leaping, jumping. You know what I mean and you know he had hops you know like right off the bat like, and <laughs> i wow you know <laughs> you just imagine so it just it's just crazy to, um to, to and so at the end of so the the whole point is that only god could do this that that's you you, you cannot walk away without that conclusion Hannah? okay kind of that same really cool that he starts he not even like mm mm-hmm. right right Amen. Amen. There you go. The amen. Yes, yes. And that is that's the chief end of everything that God does is is praise and glory to him. The whole reason that God um, created us and even allowed us to fall into corruption, fall into um, fall into sin fall into suffering and uh, is so that we would know his redemptive works and praise him and so it's in uh, so it's it's in God's work of redemption and in God's work of, of restoration that he brings praise and glory to himself and and uh, and again especially this with um with uh, with with John's connection there in he, he healed him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise Mar- he didn't even say God, right? But, the name of Christ is so, um, is uh, Jesus Christ being God and the Holy and the Spirit working with him. God, he immediately knew that in the name of Christ, this is, uh, this is of God. Amen. Yeah, and glorified him. Anyone else? Bree? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 Totally. The fact that I mean, you picked up a couple of key. I mean, key things. Everybody saw this guy. I mean, and he was a, he was a spectacle that you didn't kind of want to see you, I mean, at, at the steps of the temple, to carry them up to the steps of the temple, there were these big steps. It wasn't an easy thing. There were no handicap elevators. There were no ramps, you know, were wheelchairs it's, you had to be carried up. You had, it's, it's, it's a more, it's a, you know, at least a two person job. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. And so, and this was a daily thing every day. He had somebody pick him up from his house, you know, someone, and carry him up the stairs and, and bring him back down. And, you know, and, you know, like we have, you know, we have some of our elderly here and whenever we, we help them in, it's like, oh yeah, everyone move out of the way. And, you know, they, everybody sees them and makes their way for them. And so he, it was a very, um, uh, so he was a very, in a sense, a very visible and a very uh, constant fixture in, in people's minds. And so that really uh, came to the, uh, that, that that really uh, builds up the um, the suspense of everything because when everyone sees him, he'll you know, everybody knows. Wait, that's the guy. We we've seen him before. We've all seen him. We have seen him right there, and we we see him like this. Now he's doing that. And so um, again, uh, what God did was was for a, was a public display of his of his power. It, it, it was meant, you know. Sometimes Jesus did miracles and secrets, you know, and things like that. But it always ultimately was was to um, proclaim his name, to make his name known uh, amongst those he was uh, uh, revealing himself to. And so, yeah, the fact that he uh, was always carried up and brought down and it made him a very recognizable uh, uh, person. Yeah, anyone else? Anyone? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I didn't think about that. They didn't coordinate that, did they? I don't think yeah. I didn't think about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What John was thinking or what uh, what everyone else was thinking. Yes. So that's exactly where we're kind of heading. And that is that's that's the whole that's what it's driving everybody to is because they knew this person, Jesus. They had seen him crucified. They had seen him uh, work and minister and they heard and he was the buzz, you know. And so um, and so, uh, yeah, how 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 they respond to that name uh, in context of this miracle is going to be very telling to, to what God's plans for them are. Tani? i had a question. Why is the temple gate called beautiful? Why is it called beautiful? You know, I read a bunch of commentaries. None of them actually agree on anything. And so it's a, I'll be perfectly honest. It's There's a whole bunch of different... there's And actually, okay, I'll, I'll even say this. There's even a dispute on which gate was the beautiful temple. Um, there's the main entrance that goes into the real holy place, like the beautiful gate. So actually it, it would be inside the building already because you go, there's an outer gate and then you go into a the Solomon's portico, which is where they, they all gather. And then you go into the area where uh, where women and children can gather, but then the men can go into like the real, like holy place and worship, you know? So, uh, so on one hand, it would be kind of, uh, um, just reading different commentaries, the one, you know, the, I, I guess one one known gate was like the main one going into the main entrance. It was very beautiful and, uh, you know, elaborate. But it doesn't make sense that he was at that one because he wouldn't have been inside already. He would have, and it, it talks about him going into the temple. It talks about him being at the gate where everybody comes in. And so that doesn't, so there's another gate Um so it's kind of like, like, uh, uh, so imagine kind of like, you know, the gate out by the parking lot, you know, like where the one that we open close. that's kind of where everyone kind of comes in and out of that gate. And, um, you know, you're not actually in the church, you're kind of on the church property, but you're not like in the church facility per se. And so that's kind of where there's a, there's a wide side gate that was more for like the general public entrance and Uh, You know, and what they may have called it in there might have been the gate called beautiful. And so um, so that's the best I can do with that one. (laughs) There's there's not a whole lot of like specific like data. There's a little bit of conflicting thoughts. So um, yeah, but uh, but he would have what so the the most likely um, conclusion he was he was at one of the outer gates of, of the temple that um that the general public would would enter do but he wouldn't go in any further than than that. So yeah, yeah. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Anyone else? Megan. Yeah. I like the first one as an example of exactly what we were talking about in how to use your joystick where it And the first one is that a heater and draw and one that's hour. Yes. yes, 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 yes.
1: Uh-huh.
0: They like different Like, their God, of God, Christ. Right. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought, you know, they would still go to temple every day and for the liturgical... Um, uh, uh, Jewish worship practices, and it just really made me think: What excuse do I have for not having a regular time with the Lord and being in His Word? And I can't, you know, it's you know they would have three times of prayer a day. They would have, uh, they would have. um, So, so, so the ninth hour was three o'clock. They had a sixth hour at twelve o'clock. They had the uh, third hour, which was nine o'clock in the morning. And every, um, you remember uh, Daniel. Uh, prayed three times a day. They had these three kind of set hours of prayer, and this one was after the uh, the the evening sacrifice. And um, and so the uh, the the zealous and faithful Jews would gather every every day at at three o'clock to pray. And it just really makes I mean it challenges me a little bit to think, man sometimes I can't commit to once a week (laughs) to meeting with certain people and and praying and and, and gathering. And so, you know, it's not about, you know, religious um, piety, you know, like works and, you know, being this ultra religious, live by the strict um, disciplinary, um, you know, um, way that doesn't save us. But you know, we cannot neglect the importance of spiritual disciplines and, and being in the word daily. And, you know, the, in, in Deuteronomy 6, you shall, uh, have, uh, you shall bind my words on your heart, uh, on, your, on, your, on, your, on your heads, on your hands. You should talk about them as you, as you rise up, as you walk along the way, as you lie down. You know, we as God's people, even more so, we, having the word of God so accessible to us. Right. We should we should be growing in, in that word regularly and being in that regular time of uh, prayer, that regular time of and, and gathering together. Right. This wasn't oh, three o'clock. We all do our little personal prayers. No, they were actually gathering, you know, so it challenges me personally, because I'm not you know, I'm not the, the quickest, most like, oh, yeah, let's gather. Let's gather. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll see you on Sunday. Great. See you Wednesday. Good. And then, you know, this is my me time after that you know this is my personal time and so to actually gather and be with the church you know more faithfully is really something i i need to grow in and i think all of us can um yeah yeah was that kind of where you're thinking yeah (laughs) anybody else any thoughts easton yeah yeah
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah sure
0: yeah yeah absolutely it's it's the spirit of the lord working as the lord does and as he pleases according to his times and seasons that's the best we can say is that this was god's profitable time i mean i mean how many times must they have walked by him before you know and just not cast their gaze at him just walked by, you know, I wonder if they've given him money before, I don't know, but it's not as if this guy is new to them, and they've never seen him, and, but for some reason on this, this day, this time, this is, this is the day that the Lord, picked. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what the text says, it's, uh. totally, yeah, yeah, I was going to talk about that a little bit, but, you know, I'll just talk about that now, but man, it just, it's, convict. I mean, We all know, right, we go to 7-Eleven, we see the guys outside 7-Eleven, right, (laughs) asking what do we do, all of us, we try to, like, get in there as quickly as possible, and if we do give them money, right, it's because we don't want to, like, (laughs) engage with them, right, yeah, 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 okay, right, we just, we want to just get by them, right, it's like, okay, okay, do the absolute minimal, right, we don't, oftentimes, we don't want to even look at them, right, because of our flesh, because of our sinfulness, because of our our, our just our, our sinful um uh ego our sinful self-centeredness right it's you know we all we all do that so everyone us can identify with this i'm not saying that hey any of you are any worse than and i i know we know every single one of us right we know what that's like so for actually to actually stop for peter to actually stop And look at the person, look at him as a human being and actually take his hand, you know, I mean, hey, even if I give somebody, you know, if I, if I, you know, I'm at 7-Eleven and I give the guy money, it's like, okay, in my flesh, in my, I'm like, I'm trying not even to touch them because, whoa, what if they have, what if they're dirty? What if they have, you know what I mean? That's just what my flesh, what my mind thinks about, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I don't you know, so that's something that God needs to sanctify in in me and you know, maybe it, it, other people here. But um, you know, the fact that God that that uh Peter that the Holy Spirit led him to cast his gaze at him and actually care, you know, and, and look at the person and even touch the person, uh, shouldn't be lost on us. That's that's a it's a big deal, right? You know, so I mean so many times, right? I was okay, Lord, I'll help and I'll try to do the absolute minimal and I'll you know and I'll Try, and I'll try to pass by quickly, you know, and so, yeah, for, for, for John and Peter to actually stop and look at him um, should, you know, is, is fruit of Christ's love, is the fruit of Christ's compassion that Jesus who would touch unclean people, lepers and uh, blind people, right? You wouldn't touch unclean people, you wouldn't even touch them, because you wouldn't want to get defiled, you wouldn't want to be ceremonially uncleaned if you touched unclean people. And so the fact that he touched him and looked upon him and cared about him, right, was, it is, is testifies to the love of Christ, to the love of, of, uh, of, of, of Jesus. Uh, Sharon, are you going to say something? You Sure. Yes, and yes, then, yes, yes. I, was mention, I just, you know, I just love confidence. Like what you're saying, that he, I think he said it in like a gentle way like, like look at us. Mm-hmm. look at me and John. hmm And um, I love his like what said. But I just love that because the next verse says, what I do have okay, Exactly. So, Exactly. Yep, and the Bible has much to say about that. I'm kind of picking back what Megan said. The, the value of of eternal treasure of Christ is of infinite value, right? What What is the value? What does it gain a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul, right? Um, Proverbs says, you know, um, wisdom is to be more desired than gold, knowledge than silver, and um, and to you know, everything that we gain physically in this world. We're all going to leave it behind. We're going to leave it where it's going to pass away. But everything that we gain in Christ, everything that we store up in Christ, everything that we receive um, in, in Christ here on earth, it's, for, it's of eternal value. It's of eternal significance. And, um, and really, just that's the hope that we have. You can take everything from me. <laughs> you can take my, my money. You can take my house. You can take everything that I own. And I have everything because I, cause, cause I count it as nothing. In light of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, because that's of eternal value, and that and the and the and the, the glory of, of that we have ahead of us is just it just dwarfs any insignificant material gain we could possibly um, uh, achieve. So yeah, good stuff, good stuff. All right, so um, all right, so just a few things I wanted to kind of talk about tonight, and uh, the first thing. Um, I don't want to have to belabor this too much, but I will if, if you guys want to think about it more. But, um, but how do we understand miracles in the Bible? How, and especially here in this uh, context here. I mean, so let me, just, let me just kind of explain when I would have read this passage when I was maybe a new Christian, when I was a new believer you know, and not really having any discipleship in my life and having no theological background or context, it, it kind of, my implication is like, oh, okay, well, Peter calls in the name of Jesus Christ. Je- uh, Peter can, can tell a man, rise up and walk. Peter can heal a man in the name of Christ. Oh, Jesus said, if I if I have the faith of a mustard seed, right? I can tell a mountain to move. I can tell a mountain to be thrown into the sea, and, and it'll be done. And I see Jesus doing miracles, and Jesus said, "You will do greater works than these." Um, so, shouldn't I be able to heal people? Shouldn't I be able to call on the name of Christ and 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 and, and raise people? And so, um, and so, you know, not not really knowing any better. I mean, it's. I mean, I was. I, I came to. I, I. I mean, I was saved. I was baptized here, and then they were like, "Hey, here's a Bible. Have fun at college." And I go off on my own, and I'm reading the Bible, and I'm just, I'm, just, I'm reading through these things, and it really like I've kind of really thought about this, like why? Okay, Peter's a Christian. I mean, Peter believes in the name of Christ. I I believe in Jesus. Peter had the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit too. Why can't I heal anybody? Why? How come? Do I not have faith? Do I not believe enough? Do I not? Is, is Peter, you know, what's different about what's Peter going through than, than, than what I can do, right? And so, um, so the one thing I wanted to, to talk about is understanding the purpose of miracles. Like, why, why is this happening? Why is, why is Peter doing this? You know, I mean, there were times, like, um, I, I swear, you know, I mean, and have you ever had those times, like, where um, we were, um, I was going to lead worship for church one time and you know, like my main vocalist had a sore throat, you know, and she couldn't sing. And I I remember I was like, Kenny, I believe. I believe, Kenny, we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask the Lord to heal your throat right now. Lord Jesus, in, the na- in your name, I, I, I believe that you can and you will and you want to because it's your glory, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you remove this sickness from Kenny's throat. And, you know, I prayed this really, you know, deep prayer. How do you feel, Kenny? yeah, Johnny. sure, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I, it feels a little better, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, and, and it's like, you know, obviously, it's, I realize, okay, I don't have that kind of, um, that power to heal, um, and, but even, in, even in, a, in a more deeper implication, you know, we had, um, you know, a, a family friend that ours, that, that we knew, they had a child who, out of nowhere, they had a healthy, beautiful a little girl. She was three years old, same age as Silas. And out of the blue, she had this brain aneurysm. And over and just instantly, I get a text saying, "Please pray. Please pray. Pray for Brinley. She's in the hospital. The doctors don't know if she's gonna make it." And so many people prayed. We prayed and we prayed. Everybody and people of real faith, people of real um, of belief in in Jesus prayed and we prayed and we prayed and the Lord took friendly away. He didn't heal her. So is God not good? Or are our prayers not powerful enough? Right? Is that what's going on here? Right? And so it's important that we think about that. It's important that we understand how we understand these things, because we see it in scripture. Peter did it. Why can't I do it? Right? Doesn't God want to heal? Does isn't it? Wouldn't you be glorified, Lord, if you healed this? And so again, um, so it's it's important to understand, you know, the the roles of 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 of, of miracles and praying for healing, and so just a, a few things we want to understand. Okay, the few a few things we want to understand. Right? Is that, um, is that the miracle that Peter did was done as an act of his apostleship. Authenticating him as Jesus's messenger, authenticating him as Jesus's spokesman for the early church, and this is important to understand, right? Because um, we, in, 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 in what we see Peter doing, the very nature of the miracle itself mirrors the kind of things that Jesus did, and why does uh, Jesus? And, and so, if you look at Acts two, right? I told you I was rusty. I forgot my own preaching Bible at home. So I'm using one of the few Bibles, but it says, right, um, in Acts chapter two, oh, where was it? of um,
1: Israel,
0: uh, Acts 2.22, he says, "Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. And so why did Jesus do all these miracles? Did Jesus do all those miracles because he expected us to do them? No. He did them to show that I alone am the Messiah. I alone am the Christ. I alone am the Savior. I alone am the way, the truth, and the life. No one else. It's me. I am the author of truth. So listen to me. And if you look at all the scripture, that's the way miracles Work. That's why God does miraculous signs. So why did why did so when when God um, established Moses? When God sent Moses to uh, to Pharaoh, and and Moses did his signs. What was what was the purpose of those? To attest to the truth that Moses was was speaking to Pharaoh. Let my people go. There is one God, the God. Um, um, there's the, the, the Hebrew God. He says, "Let my people go." And if you don't, these are the signs that he's doing. And so the, those. So the, the point of the signs was to authenticate Moses. Same with Elijah. Why? Uh, why, why did God do miraculous things through Elijah, like causing the drought to happen, for causing, uh, throwing down fire upon the Baal worshippers. Why? Because God told Elijah, tell Israel to repent. Tell them that they are in wickedness. Tell them that they are, are worshiped, that they are, that I'm gonna judge them, to tell them to turn away. And so that was the point of, of the signs and wonders that God did through Elijah. So to understand what Peter, who Peter and John are, they are apostles of Christ. And Pastor Chris talked about that uh, in the previous weeks, right? Basically, apostles are like, are essentially New Testament prophets. They 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 fulfilled essentially that prophetic role during what is the apostolic age. So from the time of Christ to the very last living apostle, to the apostle John, when he died between 8070 or 8090, that's what we would call the apostolic age, right? Because when Jesus went to heaven, did he give us the New Testament and say, here it is, here's a New Testament? I'm going to heaven, but but here's the scriptures. No, right? The the uh, the the New Testament was written and compiled through and circulated during what we would call this apostolic age. And so, because we they didn't have the New Testament, because they didn't have the scriptures, the Word of God, that's why God. That's why these manifestations these signs were so important at this time because people needed to see why should I listen to Peter? why should I listen to John? what is it about what they say what what makes it what makes it authoritative what makes it valid right and so um, so the point of these miracles is to validate that we are here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ we are here to tell you that there is that the one holy God who made all things is um, and whose wrath you are under for your sins. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to, to take uh, the, to, the, your sin upon himself to be crucified, to die and rise again. That all who believe in him through faith and repentance... May be forgiven of their sins, be born again by His Spirit, and receive everlasting life in His name. That is what Paul, uh, Peter, and Paul, and John, and James, and all the apostles are are pointing them to. The gospel message. It's not about the signs at all. It's not about the miraculous things that we read about. Those are wonderful. All glory to be to God. That that um, that Scripture records things, but. But they are meant to point us to the message. They, these acts, are, they validate the messenger so that we listen to the message, right? And so Jesus fulfilled the ultimate sign, right? The, the, uh, the Jews told Jesus, what, what, what is a sign that you, that you are the Christ? And he said, destroy this temple, and I will raise it up in three days. Talking about his crucifixion, and he fulfilled that that the Son of Man will be lifted up, and on three days he will will rise again. Jesus, the ultimate sign of Jesus' truth and authority is that he called the shot, said, I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise. Who else could do that? Who else could do that? How could you even fake that? How could you possibly fake that? That, that before he died, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be crucified, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be mauled, I'm going to be dead, I'm going to be buried in a tomb and guarded by Roman soldiers on the third day, I'm going to come out of the tomb and rise again, that death itself could not hold me. How could you do that? Could we even possibly fake that? No, like, we couldn't possibly do that. I wasn't even planning to talk about that, but that's where I ended up. Okay, so, all right, um... Uh, let's see. So where am I? Uh, so, so that's the purpose of miracles. That is the purpose of the signs and wonders. So, with that being said, if you need prayer for, if you're in, if you're, if you're having an ailment, <laughs> if you're sick, come see us. We want to pray for you. We do. I've seen God heal. I've seen God heal. I've seen God not like this, but a. Hey, we've, I, we've prayed for people and you know what, God, God blessed them. God, God worked in them. But, you know, um, but if anybody comes to you and says, I have the gift of healing, I have the gift of, of, of healing. If you will listen to, you know, if you'll pray this way, or if you'll come to my, uh, Thursday night, uh, healing service, I, you know, and, make a donation to the church, you can, I will, I, you know, come to me and I'll heal you. So if it's, it's when we get into that weird fixation about healings and making it about, that's where it gets, you know, that's where it gets unhealthy. That's where it gets uh, sketchy. So, you know, that's where we don't want to go. So if you're sick, And you need to ask your brother and sister for for prayer. Ask your pastor for prayer. We want to pray. We want to lift these things up to the Lord together. But we we are not miracle workers. No one here is a miracle worker, okay? So the whole point, right, is that we seek the Lord together, and he answers us according to his providence, according to his wisdom, according to his times and his seasons, right, God will answer, right? Because ultimately did, I mean— did the man who was healed, did he live forever? Did God, you know, uh, did God heal his old age? No, I mean, he still, his flesh still died. He's, he still passed away. He still got sick. He still, he still um, uh, was buried at the end of his life. So God does not promise that we're going to have this, uh, that, this perpetual miraculous um, uh, uh, power to keep healing if we just believe in the name of Jesus. Am I going too far with this? Everybody following? I just want—I just wanted to say that because you know, when I was—I just know when I was a young Christian, I had no context for how to deal with this whatsoever, and so it was—it took me a little while to actually understand what was going on. So, okay, everybody good with that? Very good. Thank you, Gabe. All right. Thank you for the affirmation. All right. Um, Okay. So. So again, going back to where we were, going back to what that message was supposed to point them towards, that's what we're going to get into next week. We're going to get into the actual message that Peter preached, right? Because, right, what, what did they hope Peter would have done, right? When Peter healed this man. Oh, wow, Peter, you have the gift of healing. Wow, heal us, heal my uncle, heal my auntie. You know, but no, what did Peter do? He didn't start a healing ministry. He started preaching the gospel. He started preaching Christ. He started preaching um, Jesus and, and uh, calling them to repentance. And so that's what we're going to look at next week, the actual message, right? But this is the buildup to that. And before we get into the actual message, we'll, we'll get into next week, hopefully, which, yeah, we will. The, um, what, we, what, what I kind of want us to really look at, though, is even kind of taking some of the things that a lot of you talked about Is really seeing this man and this, um, seeing this work in him, it really has a picture of the gospel itself. So, just we'll just kind of go through the text real quick and let's really just kind of work through it. And um, so, again, the man lame from birth, he was lame from birth, right? And so, he was, he had this ongoing disability. He couldn't function, he couldn't live the way humans were designed to live. He didn't have the ability to, to live and care for himself. You know, he was the kind of life he would have hoped to live, having a healthy, um, able body. He, he had no hope for that for his whole life. The best that he could hope for, right, is to, is to sit at this gate, right, and, 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 and draw pity from people. That's as, that's as good as life could get for him. And really thinking about it, guys, that's us in the deadness of our sin, We are born, we were born or we were created, mankind, with the original purpose of knowing God and 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 living in a way that glorifies him, living in a way that honors him, living in a way that that we have a relationship with him, living in a way that uh, we we worship him and 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 love him and live our lives in a way that testify that that testifies to what who God is in himself, bearing his image, right? Human beings in our original state were created to live and thrive in fellowship with the Lord, right? But in our sin, having rebelled in the garden of Eden in Adam and Eve, we are born lame. We are born unable to do anything to please God, anything to glorify him. We are born haters of God. We are born rebels of God. None of us would seek God in and of ourselves if He had not sought us first. None of us would have would have loved God if He had not first loved us and and showed His love for us on the cross and given us and and given us the message of the gospel to believe. Right, every single one of us uh, are dead in our sins. We um, we are unable to please God because we do not have faith. We do not have um, any desire to. This is what, what's what we would call total depravity, is that every part of our human uh, being is marred by sin. And there is nothing we can do to, to make ourselves better or make ourselves good enough, right? There's nothing that this man could have done to heal himself, right? There was no, there was no therapy he could have done. There is no magical cure out there. <clears throat> the only He had no hope to To ever live a, a functioning, uh, um, healthy life, right? But um, and so that's us in our state, guys. This is now if. I'm not saying anybody with disabilities has no cannot thrive okay this it's an illustration, okay, so there are people right, with disabilities who do way more than I can in life. trust me, <laughs> I see them on YouTube all the time and they are living it up and they are they are they are surpassing me in all kinds of achievements okay so I'm not saying that that people with disabilities are, are in any way you know like but this it, understand the the spiritual illustration here right that's what that's what we're looking at right I mean this man really by all accounts right I mean his whole his whole deal was to look pitiful his whole idea was to present himself to the public woe is me I have nothing I can do nothing please please give me something right that's that's what the guy's life was about that's what we <laughs> live for is that we are dead our sins and we we can only um, and we are only grasping for just the little tidbits of things that we can grasp to divide to our times here, right? So we see this man um, in, his, in his state, right? And Peter and John are uh, going in. He's asking to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. Now, really think about that. Again, going back, we just talked about, you know, the, we all know what it's like to walk by people and to not want to look down, look at people below us or whatnot. But again, that's Christ looking at us in our state. That's God looking down on us as we, we, we are helpless in our, in our sinful state. Christ passed by. Christ looked down upon us. Christ had mercy on us. Christ had compassion. Honestly, in our sin, in our, in our state as guilty sinners, Christ, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, had every right to just walk past us and say, no, you are guilty. You are condemned. I will have nothing to do with you. You cannot enter my presence. You stay out at the gate. You cannot enter my presence. That's, that's what the whole temple was meant to illustrate is that only the clean could come in, only those who were um, if you were disabled, if you had in um, if you had an ailment, if you were an outsider, you could not even enter the temple. That's why the man sat at the gate. He couldn't even come in if he wanted to, he wouldn't have not been accepted. And that's again us in our sin. We are outside of the love and the fellowship and the presence of God. We were created to be in that fellowship, but because of our sin, we are outside. We are outside of the presence. And in in God's justice, in his righteousness, God would be totally just to say, away with you. Stay out there. Perish in your sin. Perish in darkness, because that's what we deserve. It really is. And if you don't understand that about yourself tonight, I really pray that God shows that to you. There is nothing inherently good in you or I that would make God uh, compelled to love us and say, oh yeah, well, you see, yeah, sure Johnny's a little rough than there is, but he's a pretty happy, go-lucky guy. I'd like to have him in my no, that's not at it. That's not what it is at all. Or hey. You know, um, Christian is pretty athletic and awesome. Of course, I'm talented. Of course, I want him in my kingdom. You know, no, I'm, even though he is all that, that's not why God chose any of us. In our sin, every single one of us are totally, totally in um, uh, are reprehensible to God's holiness. It's only God taking the initiative to look down on us in grace. To look down in mercy, to look down in love upon our state, and let's not get and let's not and and let's not overlook this fact that Easton brought up. Why now and why him? God's sovereignty. That's all we can say. Why did God look at any single one of us and draw us to Him and bring us here tonight because of His sovereignty and His compassion? Think of all the people outside our family members, our neighbors, our co-workers who are outside of of that, of of God's love, outside of that um, fellowship with God. And we pray, right? And the only difference between us and them, it's not that we earned God's favor. It's not that we earned um, anything from God. No, God, out of his his infinitely non-understandable wisdom that we could never understand, he chose to cast his gaze upon us and draw us to him. That is the God that we serve, okay. And so, if you walked in here tonight thinking that, oh yeah, I'm I'm a good person, I'm a good, <laughs> of course I'm. No, I mean, think that it's all God's grace working upon you and within you, and within me. Um, all right. So, again, so uh, so Peter, um, so 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 they cast their gaze upon him. He says, "I have no silver or gold. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth." Very clear. The name of Jesus Christ. There is no salvation apart from the name of Jesus Christ. And understanding and explaining who Jesus Christ is. Okay? There is no salvation apart from him. And and I really want to make that clear because so often we can talk about about following God, going to church, uh, fellowshipping, um, doing God's work, even doing missions. And even saying, yeah, yeah, we, share, we, we talk about the gospel. It's all about the gospel. And, this, and not even talk about what the gospel is. Okay? In the name of Jesus Christ, Nazareth, and it defining clearly who that is. Who is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who the God-man who came in the flesh to bear our sins, to die in the place of sinners, to take upon himself the wrath of God, Who died, was buried, and rose again on the third day and ascended to heaven and is Lord of heaven and earth right now, and will come back one day to judge the judge all heaven and earth and and glorify his church. That is who Jesus Christ is. And there's many false notions about who Christ is. And and we often, too often, we neglect to, to define and explain and talk about Christ. And we we allude to the gospel without actually without actually concretely articulating, right, what the gospel is and who it's about. And so in G, so Peter uh, explains, so, so, well, he doesn't explain here, but he does explain, but, but, but the principle applies for us, right? In the name of Christ, he heals him. He rises up and walk, and instantaneously, as Gabe said, he instantly went from lame to walking, leaping, jumping, celebrating this physical and spiritual transformation happened instantly the whole the whole physical properties of his of his biology changed you know was strengthened renewed he his what we would say it was re it was it was he was re his body was regenerated you know i'm sure um I'm sure Dr. Megan there could explain more <laughs> about <laughs> these things. But somehow, somehow his tissues, his, his uh, what's it called? His, his cartilage, his bones and all that. It, it, whatever wasn't working was reborn. His living flesh, it was made new. And he all of a sudden could walk, live, function, thrive, run, and do all things that he could never do before. And and brothers and sisters, that is exactly the miracle that we need to, that Christ calls to. Does Christ do miracles today? Yes. He does the work of regeneration in our hearts. Whereas we could not please God. We could not serve him. We could not glorify him. We could not love God in our sinful state because God looked down from us and has given us the name of Christ. He now pours his Holy Spirit into our hearts, making us alive. That's what we sang tonight. He has made us alive through Jesus Christ. His spirit, the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, the spirit of God that brought the word, of the, the word from heaven and incarnated him, and the same spirit that led Christ through his ministry, the same spirit that, that raised Christ from the dead, that spirit lives in all believers. Do you understand? You are born again. You are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creation. That's why everything that you could never think you could possibly be. I could never, I could never honor God. I could never live this way. I could I am so, I I've tried and tried, but I'm I'm stuck in my sin. I'm stuck in my sinful ways. I can't do it. In Christ, He has all power to work in you, to enable you, to crucify. The sinful flesh within you, and to raise you up anew. And tonight, if you are stuck in that, in whatever sin that you just can't overcome, that that sin that just um, this in and just whatever state you're in, you know, whatever you're wrestling is this lust, this greed, this jealousy, this bitterness, this unforgiveness, this um, this impatience this resentment you have tonight that you walked in with? The Holy Spirit is here to draw you to Christ, to crucify that sin in your life, and to restore you and and, and renew you. Let me tell you, the secret to life is Christ is surrender. That's it. You identify these sins in your life, and you surrender. Say, Lord, I see that. I see that lust. I, I have this thing. I have this... This habit I have the Lord, please work in me, and it's it's not instantaneous, but man, when we truly go to the Lord constantly in faith, we 'll see Him work in us, make us alive, uh, bring us uh, to live for Him in a way that we never thought possible. I, I swear God has worked in my heart and freed me from sins that I never thought i would I would overcome, and it 's not because I Pulled myself on my truth and just and um, and just succeeded by my own. Something's going on outside, huh? okay? But it's because, uh, but it's because his spirit worked. His spirit is alive. His spirit came into my heart and changed me, transformed me. Right on. What's up, brother? Right on. Okay. Um. So. Fu- uh. So, that is exactly the. Uh, the. Uh, the miracle that. We are called to live in for Christ every single day. Yeah? Okay. All right. So leaping, praising God. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay, last thing. Last thing here. Okay. Is that um, in, so not only is he enabled to live, to thrive, now he's able to enter the temple. He can actually enter the presence of God in the temple, and actually, he clung to Peter, clung to John, and all the people ran together to him. So we see, right, this man that people were repelled by, now gathering to him, right, in a way that that the man never thought possible. And again, um, in Christ, in our life together, that's 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 the picture of the gospel. We were outside of God's presence. We had no hope of knowing his love, no hope of, of being in his presence. Only uh, only the assurance that we would perish in hell, in darkness forever and ever in our sin. But by Christ taking the, the wrath of God upon himself, he drew us into God's presence. And now we are united to God in fellowship. We are adopted as his children, and we are united as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so really, seriously, I know we say, oh, brother and sister in Christ. Yeah, we mean it forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. We are going to be united as a family of God. Okay. Well, so that's what um, I'm going to go ahead and stop there for tonight. Um, We are going to continue uh, next week as uh, as we then look at the actual message, the actual message that Peter preached, because again, what is the whole point of this? To point, people to, to, to point people to the gospel, right? It wasn't about the miracle itself. It wasn't about the healing. It was all there to set the stage to, to, um, to, to for, God, for, for Peter to proclaim the gospel. Okay, all right. So we'll go ahead and uh, close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for your grace to us, for looking down upon us in our state, for looking at us in our, um, in our lameness, in our spiritual deadness, and Lord, uh, loving us uh, because of your own grace and your remorse. Not because we deserved it, not because we earned it, Lord God, because you are compassionate, and Lord, you are merciful to sinners, Lord. And by your own grace, your own wisdom, you look down upon us and brought the word of Christ to us that we may hear and believe and be reborn to an everlasting hope. And so, Father God, I pray tonight, Lord, if anybody here knows in their heart that they are still outside of your love, they are still outside of your presence, they are still uh, disconnected from you, Lord God, that, Lord, that they are looking at the impending wrath of, 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 of your holy judgment of spending an eternity apart from you forever and ever. We pray, Lord God, that uh, today you would make known to them, Lord, the the miraculous, saving, regenerating power of of Christ, Lord, as you you regenerate their hearts and make them new, make them a new creation and empower them, Father, to live the way that, Lord, we never could imagine living, but it's only through the power of Christ working with us, within us. And so, Lord, and tonight, Lord, for any believer here, Lord, who is, Lord, just feeling stuck and feeling like, I feel like that lame man. I'm praying and I'm seeking you and I'm getting nothing. I'm not moving forward. I'm not growing. In fact, I feel worse. <laughs> I, I don't know what this is. I have no idea what's going on, Lord. I feel stuck. I just feel paralyzed. I just pray, Lord, today that in their hearts, in their lives, Father, that you would that that you would just revive their hearts, Lord, to just take all assurance in you, to under to to just trust in your wisdom and your plan, Father, and Lord. To um, and would your Spirit, Lord, just come upon them to just revive, strengthen, and, and lead and guide them. So, Father, we uh, thank you for all these. We pray for Pastor Chris as he is uh, on the mainland, and we just pray that him, Sammy, and Blue, and um, and uh, Sammy's mom are just having a great time together in utah and we just pray that you uh keep them safe and and just revive his spirit we just thank you for him and his faithfulness uh constantly in the word and in discipling and or just doing doing your work here at nbc so father we just pray that you would be with their family tonight and so uh bless, just uh bless us now as we uh just uh, fellowship and um uh just uh, just continue to just be in your spirit together christ and we pray amen